I am Alice. And this is... Pierre Drunk! In today's episode, we are discussing Salome of the Tenements by Enzia Yozirska. Uh, Yozirska came from a Russian Jewish immigrant family and grew up in New York in the Jewish ghetto, her terminology. Um, this novel is a very thinly veiled autobiography about the affair that she had with John Dewey. It is set in Manhattan in the early 1920s and is just full of fucking politics. Ellis, you're really a big fan of a thinly veiled autobiography, Girl. aren't you? <laughs> Girl, I love it. Just like every time your Ellis. motherfucking tea, put your dirty laundry up and let us see it. That's what I live for. Every I single time Alice has ever recommended a book to me, she's like, it is so good. It's a thinly veiled autobiography. <laughs> they talk about this and this and this. It's and so oh much my politics. god, all of the tea. It's so <laughs> Ellis. Listen, I just fucking like people's shit. I want to know all your business. You are a, and this is the technical term, dirty bitch. Listen, this is my kind of voyeurism, Bryn. Okay, okay. all right. I like people. You For like more information, see And I'm over here one. like, just spill the tea and tell me about your life, I would like some spicy for more about people, see episode one. This is an advertisement for our own shit. <laughs> now for segment one, the super fast, tiny plot summary, which may not be as super fast or tiny, because um, Ellis is super into it. I'm sorry, it is like it's four pretty tiny. It's pretty it's tiny. Like, f- Listen, bitch, I could have given you the rundown, but I tried. Okay, so the novel follows the main character, Sonia Vronsky, who is a poor Russian Jewish reporter. Um, who falls in love with a wealthy, white, Upper East Side philanthropist named John Manning. Hashtag white people. You hashtag fuck white people. Okay, Manning is idealistic, and he does genuinely want to help this immigrant community, but he is just, like, fucking out of touch with the actual needs and desires of the people. Like, delusional. Okay, so, Vronsky (laughs) is also really idealistic, but she's super ambitious, She believes that she deserves more from life than what she has been allotted. And she thinks that she can, one, make all of her own dreams come true, but also, uh, two, help direct Manning's efforts, hashtag money, for her community if she can become his wife. In the end, Vronsky feels like an outsider in both her previous world and also this new world with Manning. And nothing works out as the couple had anticipated because, as we all know, happily ever after is a fucking myth. I want some hashtag money efforts to direct. <laughs> well, bitch, it didn't work out. You're about to learn about it. So. <laughs> Unless it's your own money, and then maybe, maybe, maybe. you could be the out of touch white savior. No, I don't want to be an out of touch white oh. savior. Thank well, you for signing me up for that. <laughs> you know, I mean, damn. You know what kind of money I am I want? white, but not I that mean, kind of white. Have we ever met anyway, a I hope have we ever met a not out of touch white savior? No, there's a no. giant pot. Do I have to be a white? You're no. signing me up to be a white savior in general. I don't want that shit. I'm not going to be that shit. You know what kind of money I want? Your I want. <laughs> I want Aunt March money. Uh, Aunt well, March. Oh, Yeah, sure, when yeah. she's like, when Joe's well, like, she's also not well, you're not married. Savior. And she's like, well, that's because I'm rich. That's that's what I want to be. Yeah, but she also wants want to be a white savior. You don't want accidental money. Yeah, because she's the one. She wants to give a fuck about anybody else. She wants to direct how her nieces act so that they can get her money. That doesn't sound like a white savior. 
Yeah, because she wants to make them have a better life because they can't have a good that's, life without her. That's okay. white spinster let's, money. It's no, different let's, from let's white Let's be very savior clear. Money. White savior is when you want to save non-white people. Oh, she just wants to save poor people. Or sev- uh, fellow white people. And they're not really poor. They're just kind of poor. Well, they're poor for them. They get one Christmas meal and then they donate it. They're middle class, though. Oh, I feel so sorry for them. My <laughs> sisters, but they live in servants. Oh. And they're they three square like meals a day. They only have one and servant. And they're full education. <laughs> only one servant. And they're servant. several they bedroom home. Oh. Hashtag poor March family. Poor March family. <laughs> okay, wait, let's come back, though. Come back. They have to get a piano donated to them. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for them with their donated piano. No. Back to our white saviors here. Oh, my God. Can we? Stay tuned for a future episode where we discuss little women (laughs) and actual fucking poverty. Definitely going to do that. Okay, but no, but. But Sonia does grow up in poverty, just to be clear. Real I mean, yes, like actual, actual poverty. poverty. Segment number two, yes. themes for days. Which theme are we going to talk about? I think it's the White Saviors, right? Can we see? Yeah, I gotta do. I gotta thing? do our, uh, our our theme song. Oh, sorry. Our, we have get it. it theme song. Our theme. Ha ha ha! Um, I love it. Themes so on themes on themes. That's right. Yes. Nice. We're going to talk about okay. themes on themes on themes. Um, okay. So the themes we are going to discuss today are out-of-touch white saviors and immigration slash poverty. I'm so, enjoying the white savior thing. Can we stick with that? Yeah, we're starting with that. Okay. Okay. So basically, Manning is a douchebag. He called, okay, like, while, yes, his intentions are, like, whatever, good. You know what they say about good intentions. Yeah. Hmm, the path to hell. So Manning calls Sonia child or my child, like, pretty much all the fucking time. I know you guys have a lot of It was so in. Infuriating. Like literally constantly. So maddening. <sighs> she he just keeps calling her child and this is like a twentieth century novel. I mean, really? I mean and he's yeah. not that yeah, much older than but her. Like, oh no. Four hundred years of women being called child and we're still fucking doing that in the tw- like come up with another word. Like, like stop infantilizing women. Women do not need to be more infantilized than we already are. We're not children. Mm-hmm. We have thoughts and it also is. ambition and money, and we want to do what we want to do. It is so indicative of his attitude towards literally everyone Everything. else. Yes. He is, he considers himself morally and intellectually and financially and socially mm-hmm. superior to everyone. And then he like stands up on this pedestal that he has put himself on, and he is like, Thank me for how much I am giving you of my attention and money. He, oh, it's even in his marriage, he thinks he's doing her a favor oh, by marrying definitely her. He thinks he's, he's going to her raise her to his level in society, mm. and that's a wonderful thing. And she should be so grateful to be married to him. Like John Manning's entire character is an exercise in moral masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag moral masturbation. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Hashtag moral masturbation. Okay, so here's some things. Um, Besides calling her my child, which obviously terrible, he's also like super out of touch with what the community, it's more about what he thinks they should want and less about what they actually want and need. And so he's creating these like centers or whatever where they can like get help and whatnot, but like they're so fucked up. Uh, And basically the whole goal is to teach them like, ways to live in poverty 
like successfully live in poverty. Uh, and he thinks be poor, but it's yeah, but kind like of pleasant. enjoy it, like yeah. make the most of your poverty. Okay, it's like so, it's like be poor, but be picturesque while you're doing it. So it's so <laughs> stupid. Okay, so basically, like when he poverty. gets with Sonia, like things start to fall apart because <laughs> hold on, sorry, it's it's like be poor, but with an Instagram filter over it. <laughs> oh my god, no, it Instagram is. poor. Be Instagram poor. <laughs> this is John Manning. So, basically, things start to fall apart because once Sonia marries him, like, as happens, when you marry someone you've known for two fucking seconds, you realize, like, you're probably not as aligned as you thought. They're, like, having this whole conversation and, like, Manning's, like, really into this, like, poor aesthetic, which is so bullshit. Um, and he's like, oh, they're so simple and whatever. And it's always, like, there. It's, like, not him. Like, it's always them. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, and so Sonia says, and this is if you're looking at uh, the radical novel Reconsidered, which I think is the only fucking version of this worth buying at this point, uh, uh, unless somebody wants to do a reprint, and I'm happy to write that intro for you. Okay, so uh, seven, page 73, he's talking about, like, oh, poor people are so simple, it's great. And Sonia Vronsky's like, um, poor people are forced to be simple glancing shyly at the innocent saint that's what she calls him her saint i can't fucking deal no. with her okay so um basically he's like the thing that appeals to me so much about the east side went on manning is their directness their unscheming naturalness read they can't afford to like fucking put on airs like he is so fucking delusional i can't deal so, what do you guys think about, like, what would you do at this point? You're married to this guy, you realize, like, oh, fuck, I messed up. Like, what do you do? I mean, I have some thoughts. Have the thoughts. One, I would never be so stupid as to marry this asshole. Obviously not. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> because you hate Sonia Vronsky. <laughs> I, listen, we're, we're going to get to Sonia. We're going to get oh, to Sonia. Are. She's coming up uh, in segment three. But let's just talk about Manning. Okay, you know that quote from Martin Luther King that I'm about to, like, paraphrase because I'm not going to butcher it but where he talks about the biggest threat being like not overt racists but well-meaning white people mm. yes I do know that quote. like this is it Manning is that he is a rich person who thinks he is doing a good thing and that makes him feel good and therefore he is blind to reality around him mm -hmm. he is vomit level self-obsessed and like just completely blind to mm -hmm. anything that's real that's going on with Sonia anything that's real that's going on with the, the Jewish immigrant community and like what we talked about earlier it's it's all about this aesthetic that he wants he wants mm -hmm. everything to look a certain way so that he has this position that makes him feel better about himself because his life is otherwise empty and vapid and meaningless the saddest thing is like i know a lot of people in today's day and age that are john mannings i mean i was just gonna say that i've also seen all the minimalism stuff like this yeah, move towards minimalism out. well but but did you see a couple years ago they had somebody wrote an article on the privilege of minimalism oh it's for and sure the, they right. spend like a fucking fortune on these like goddamn tiny houses yes, with like to minimalize right and, like, to to like declutter your items and and it's like bitch you got items to declutter right. like fuck you and That's what are they doing with it half the time he's like trashing it yes or donating it or making money off of it by selling it to a store and 
there there is a privilege inherent to this minimalist aesthetic and then he just shows up and says everyone should have this privileged minimalist aesthetic you should have your beautiful shade of gray painted walls and your lack of crap in your small tiny room and it should look still beautiful in your small studio apartment and i've had a studio apartment and i've tried my best to make it look very very nice but I gotta tell you, like, this wealthy minimalist shit isn't accomplishable mm -mm. Mm -mm. on a small budget like no. that. He just shows up with his aesthetics. They, they I will say that as a person who, lo like, gray is literally my favorite color, and I'm very, I mean, very I like into a good minimal gray. aesthetic, sure. I think that they are very visually pleasing, but I, I do think it's really important to not confuse minimal aesthetic with anything but privilege. Like, it absolutely is a sign of privilege. Mamie is like an they, aggressive minimalist, too. Like an aggressive aesthetic. Yeah. Like child and like rolls yeah, I into mean, the... Well, not in his house, but like what he's mm -hmm. into. But they literally call it out when she goes to a famous Upper East Side designer uh, who originated in her community uh, and has made a new life for himself. And it's like everyone who buys dresses there, they're like super expensive. No one can afford them. It's all like these like really wealthy women and he decides because she basically finds out his true identity and like calls him on it and so he's like oh she's spunky and so he designs a dress just for her and if she had paid for it she could never have afforded this dress uh but manning is attracted to her because it's like such a gray simple dress like that it like feeds into this poor aesthetic but it's not what she actually could have bought in her own community on her salary or even what she could have bought if she had struggled and scrimped and saved to buy something in her own community like that's not what that would have looked like can we like. talk about this dress because this dress apparently her... is goddamn magic it, it, it is, is magic. goddamn it magic her... dress why don't we all have this it dress? gets her whatever the fuck she Listen. wants she gets her whole apartment building painted she gets like even the hallways, like yes. not even just her room. Like she was like, she also the, I'm gonna need the lanting, the entry, the foyer, <laughs> painted all. Just my friends need their apartments done too because what if we want to mingle? Like, just and then and the then bitch. she gets um she gets the pawnbroker dude to give her money to refurnish her apartment. Oh, at, based on the dress? fact that she will land her rich man right. in this dress. In the dress. Like, in she dress. literally had nothing to, like, pawn. It was just like, I promise you, look at me in this dress. I <laughs> promise you I'm going to land me a rich dude. I'll pay I, this debt off. And he was like, all right. magic this dress right, has, girl. but I want one. <laughs> I want a magic gray dress. Listen, I would like a magic gray dress as well. I mean, maybe we have one. We just haven't, like, put it to use, girl. Is it simple Girl, enough? if I had one, I would have put it to use. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure I have a simple gray dress. <laughs> I think mine oh. might be black. And it's probably... Is it a magic black dress? But does it dress? come in black, though? <laughs> I would like this magic dress, but does it come in black, though? Okay. Everybody needs a magic gray dress, though. Magic dress, simple aesthetic thing makes me really think about, um, like, food poverty mm. uh, and food deserts today where people are like, oh, just eat healthy, just eat fruits and vegetables cook at home it's going to be so much cheaper it's going to be so good for your wallet like why aren't poor people healthier just go vegan <laughs> whatever you can be vegan on a budget and they like look down on people who like eat fast food and stuff mm -hmm. but if you look at the reality of like mm -hmm. in a food desert what is available it's mm -hmm. unhealthy processed food you you don't have Fucking you broccoli know. everywhere. It's yeah, like, like an you abundance do not have of broccoli. A fucking farmer's market. 
you're going to eat what is available because we literally need to eat to survive. And then there's all of these wealthy, privileged people who are telling you, oh, you could live this lifestyle. It's so economical. It's so good for the environment. It's so good for your wallet, blah, blah, blah. And you have all these like wealthy YouTubers telling you to go vegan or whatever because it's so it's so easy to be vegan on a budget and it's like you're not even looking at the reality of the situation mm-hmm. no. and that is that's manning it up no and they do that with that's they do that people. in like manning's little like thing that he creates in this community with food too they talk about like how to make how to feed your family um meals without having to use meat or like eggs or dairy mm-hmm. products because they uh, want like you shouldn't have to use these things like you can be so simple and wonderful and feed your whole family and it's like fucking slop that they get for cheap because that's all they deserve and like whenever they go into people's homes and see that they've hidden away eggs because they've asked for help to get uh the slop that they can get like given to them to like make ends meet and the people come into their homes and see like oh they've hidden eggs away so that we didn't notice them well they're not deserving of our handouts now because they can obviously get eggs or they got some fucking chicken so like they don't really need us now and then they bounce out and don't help them and they say there there's like the deserving poor the worthy poor is what they're actually calling this is the worthy poor Mm -hmm. and then there's like the unworthy poor and so it's exactly what we see today absolutely uh, that pissed me off so much no it's it's with food and it's when you see someone in line buying stuff with food stamps and then they have something Mm -hmm. that doesn't qualify for food stamps that might be like deemed to a wealthy person a luxury item because it doesn't qualify for food stamps and it's like well if they're willing to spend their money on that, then they obviously don't need our help, like our government assistance. Like they're only worthy of the fucking leftover slop we're willing to give them, and anything above that, they're not worthy of. And if they buy it, then they should get everything taken away from them. It's fucking bullshit. It's and this ridiculous. is part of why I love Sonia Brunsky is that she was like, "You can't keep me in this and tell me that I'm not allowed to want beauty and more." And like, yes, I would like a fucking fresh flower every once in a while, like. Do I not deserve to have something beautiful in my life just because of where I was born and where I came from? It's fucked up, and she's a fucking amazing fucking character, even though she's flawed, and I love her. A couple of other quotes I want to point you to, though, is, like, when we were talking about John Manning's obsession with the aesthetic, he's also obsessed with the idea of what Sonia represents in that community, Mm. and, like, he wants to own her as, like, fucking art on his wall, and you know, like, possess this, like, poor Russian Jewish immigrant aesthetic, which is bullshit. Uh, And on page 101, um, he's upset with her, and they've been in a fight, but he goes uh, to find her and try to work it out. And he's like, still, only when he came face-to-face with Sonia in her room did he feel the subtle poignance of her charm. The primitive fascination of the Oriental, he called it. The intensity of spirit of the oppressed races. Like, he's into her because of her fire and passion that he doesn't see in his, like, rich, wealthy, like, fucking white community where they all, like, hide their fucking shit and suppress it. And, like, he's into that. But he only is into it when he can see it in private, not when she shows it to his friends because God forbid anyone see that he married someone like that. that feels so dirty. It's fucking dirty as shit. And that's why I love Lydia Yuzerska because she's fucking calling it out. To love someone because of how different they are, like, because of their Orientalism. But only if you can control it in the right settings. Only when it's appropriate and it gets you off, not when it's in front of your friends and family. Pro tip. If something is described as primitive, 
and oriental and <laughs> that shit is racist it's racist so racist so racist like there's that's this just not that's not actually debatable like it no. doesn't matter what the fuck it is if it's described as primitive or oriental that shit is being racist. No, I got... Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Girl, I got one for you that you're going to have thoughts on. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he also says... He... Okay. Uh, brace. Listen. Embrace. Chris. Chris. Gird thy loins. My loins are girded. <laughs> the, her loins ain't going to have nothing to do with this, but her fist might. Okay, so talking about Manning, he touched his cheek to her breast and says, Are we not the mingling of the races, the oriental mystery, wow. and the... And the Oriental mystery and the Anglo-Saxon clarity that will pioneer a new race of men. Like, seriously, they're the clear, logical ones. And she's just, like, crazy and out there. And, like, no one can understand her. And, like, fuck all the way off with your bullshit John Manning. It's disgusting. Oriental, wait, what did you say? Oriental Oriental mystery. And and the Anglo-Saxon clarity that will be... The, that will pioneer a new race of men. Ew. This is page 108. Dear John Mann, <laughs> I would like for you to take your eugenic oh, Anglo-Saxon God. racism yes. and shove it up any orifice you choose. I mean. The end. There you go. I'm happy to choose an orifice if you need help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brynn. I'm going to use my Anglo-Saxon clarity and tell you right where you can put that shit. <laughs> Okay, so there's that. That's talk about out of touch white savior. He's the fucking worst. Also, this is John Dewey of Dewey Decimal System. If you are interested, this is who she's talking about IRL because that was also your... the Dewey Decimal System is bullshit. Okay, okay well I'm just organizing our lit books now. Oh yeah, no. also fuck literature him. people are on it. Don't worry, people are like losing their minds out in the podcast sphere right now. <laughs> They're like, did you hear this Dewey controversy? <laughs> And then we're like, let's be friends because you care. People obviously <laughs> care about the Dewey Decimal System all the time in their Stop regular the lives. Stop the presses. We have breaking news about John Dewey. Listen, know your audience. I'm sure someone cares out there. If they're listening to us, they might care. Shut up. And now, so in our next segment, we'd like to talk about immigration and poverty. Immigration and poverty. Okay, so we've covered kind of a lot of things in our last segment. Because, <laughs> like, listen, all forms of oppression are related and everything leads yes. to everything. So Hashtag intersection. There we go. I was just going to say, like, you were saying that Sonia really wants beauty and good things in her life, and she doesn't accept the narrative that because she was born a poor immigrant, that she doesn't deserve those things. I think that that shit is awesome. Yes. And I love that about Sonia. I do think that she doesn't consider the ways that their context and their living situations might affect the people around her. And that is... I think very normal for a young person, but a lot of her reactions to her own poverty and her own things that she wants is to judge people who don't have the same desires as her. And I think that that's also a dangerous thing to do. I agree with you in the beginning, but I think through her marriage and realizing who John Manning really is, it helps her to realize who she really is and what she really cares about. And it started out being advocating for herself to get better and like, you know, side gig, also I could help my people. And then it became more about realizing like, like there's this bigger picture and regardless of where I fit into it, because there's a point and I'm gonna, this brings me to a quote actually that you're saying this because 
there's a point where she's like touring the facility that Manning has created, right? She has everything at this point. She got what she wanted. She got her man. She got her money. She's living in this wealthy, like wonderful area. She has money at her disposal that she can spend however she wants. And he genuinely, it does love her regardless of if we like how he views it or not. Um, like, so she's got everything at her disposal. She could just call it quits, but she's touring this and she hears people talking little leaders of these groups that are supposed to teach you how to behave. Uh, and she hears them talking about the worthy poor. Um, and someone said, one of them says for the sake of the worthy poor, we must guard against imposters. And that goes back to like the whole, like if they have eggs in their house. Um, and she it says, the words worthy poor made Sonia shudder. She wanted passionately to interrupt, to demand what this uplifter meant by worthy, but she restrained herself. And, like, she's trying to understand, like, where are they coming from and, like, how the fuck do you describe who, like, do you get, who gave you the right to decide who gets to be worthy and who doesn't and, like, who is worthy of your, like, it's fucked up, man. She just calls him out. And eventually she loses her shit. She tells John Manning in the end, your fucking shit is a sham. You're out of touch. You have no goddamn clue what's going on. And she leaves. And she, But it takes this getting everything you think you want to realize it's about more than you. I will say it's really fair to say that Sonia changes a lot over the course of the novel. And we're definitely going to talk about that more. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was really interested in and struck by was this idea of immigration and who identified as immigrant and who identified as American. Mm. Um, I think that that was probably a little bit more subtle than the whole poverty thing. But there are times where, like, Sonia's family immigrated mm-hmm. and she was not born in... Right, she was born here. She, yeah, yeah, she wasn't born in Russia. Her mm-hmm. parents immigrated here. But she, there are times where she uses that fact that she was born in the United States as a mark of distinction to separate herself from her community. Mm-hmm. Usually when she feels, like, attacked by someone in her community, mm-hmm. um, she like when she goes and she's like trying to find a dress and she's like nothing here is good enough nothing here is good enough and like understandably the shopkeepers are like oh look at miss hoity-toity and she's like well i'm an american you also see it with the the landlord who is an actual immigrant yeah that's what i was gonna say Um, yeah yeah like he actually immigrated to the united states from russia and he but he sees himself also as an american and then all of the people who are his tenants, he thinks of them as filthy immigrants. Yes, and including Sonia. Yeah. Once he figures out. And then... When she's not in her gray dress. <laughs> when she's not in her <laughs> magic, gray, magic dress. gray dress. And then, like, Manning doesn't use words like that until he's angry. And then when he is, he is he uses immigrant as a very distancing. Like, you're, like you're an immigrant, you're not American. Not necessarily directly at Sonia, but like mm-hmm. towards that community and this idea that, that that the immigrant is not American is something that like as an, a country we've been mm-hmm. wrestling with from the beginning. Because on the one hand, we try to claim America tries to claim this like we're a nation of immigrants mm-hmm. thing, and at the on the other hand, like right along with that and much more strong than that is the idea that you can't be an American if you're an immigrant that you have to give up that identity of immigrant in order to be American you have to assimilated you have to be assimilated but like in an aggressive violent way and I mean we are so obviously seeing the repercussions of that 
not just the repercussions, but the like yeah. that that happens now. But it is it really that important forced to see. choice. The forced choice we see constantly. Yeah. We see that now. We see this in this twentieth century novel, and we can see that all the way back to the beginning of settler colonialism in the colonized territories that are known as the United States. Amen. Amen. Okay, we've already been talking about Sonia, so we've yeah. already been doing character yeah. analysis, but mm -hmm. make it hashtag fashion. Can we talk about Jackie Sullivan? Jakey oh, Sullivan. I'm not done talking Jakey. about Sonia. Though. Oh, we're not done talking no, about Sonia. No, we got a lot to say. Okay, we got more. Can we do character okay. analysis, okay. but make it fashion, but keep talking about Sonia, because we're already talking about Sonia anyway. Let's keep yes. going. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Couple things I want to say about Sonia. So I know that Chris has feelings about this character and how shitty we all have feelings. She is so many feelings. Um, but uh, well, but I have a soft spot for Sonia because I don't know why, but man, like I feel for her and I think she's fucked up and she's problematic. But like, who of us isn't? And I think she grows so much and it makes her so complex. And, like, part of that comes, again, like I was pointing out before with, like, when she's finally touring these facilities. And, like, you have to remember, like, she's, like, Manning brought her on originally to be his person to, like, help him understand. And she was so blinded by, like, his vision that she didn't want to stand up to him. And then once she's actually touring, like, walking around on her own and seeing stuff, she's like, fuck this guy. So I want to point to page 134. She's walking around and she hears a teacher... Um, trying to teach these people how uh, to make milkless, butterless, eggless cakes. And these are people of her community. Ew. Right. These are people in her community. They assume they're going to have, like, a million kids. They assume they're going to – they don't need milk, Sorry, eggs, or butter. I just realized that they're describing vegan cake. <laughs> okay. Vegans are not going to like our podcast, Okay, <laughs> Okay, 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 but in this time, like, you can't you – No, 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 I'm a just vegan saying, lifestyle, like, okay? I've, I've had a lot of <laughs> vegan cake, and I'm going to say, like – I mean, cake is better with milk, eggs, and butter. I'm just saying, it, it is ain't wrong. Though. It um, is though. That's what cake is. The teacher held up the dark, soggy loaf and expounded enthusiasm. Okay, is this accurate? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Dark, soggy, dark loaf, soggy loaf. Expounded enthusiastically. <laughs> Class, this cake will feed a family of six, and all it costs is nine and a half cents. This makes a dessert for a cent and a half per person. And so it says, a pale, anemic girl got up. Teacher, without milk, without butter, without eggs, what strength is there in this cake? Amen. <laughs> and then someone else says, whom should we fool with such a cake? Our own stomachs? <laughs> <laughs> the bitch ain't got time for you. Anyway, and then so the teacher says, you can't afford plum pudding. Wouldn't you rather have a cheap dessert than none at all? And Sonia says, Yes. Better no dessert than to train them up to be thankful for cheapness and doing without. I'll change all of this. Like, no more of the milkless, butterless, eggless cakes for the poor when I take hold of this work. I'll teach these teachers something. The poor also got a palate in their mouth. Like, she truly starts to see that it's bigger than her. I'm going to fix this. Like, I think at this point she's really thinking... I can redirect John Manning. I can make things better. And it's not like she already has everything she wants. She doesn't, she doesn't she matter if she, if she sure. truly was only being selfish or selfish, she would have just been like, fuck this. Let him do his thing. I see everything that you're saying and I get it. And I will concede that Sonia grows from pre-marriage Sonia to post-marriage Sonia to like divorce Sonia, divorced Sonia. Spoiler like she grows. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I think she's still kind of a piece of shit most of the time because, oh, and I know you're going to fight me on this, but her idea that she is going to save her people 
and that she is going to, when she is in charge, she will fix everything, and that better no dessert at all than cheap dessert, and all of that comes from not a place of privilege like it does with John Manning, but like just such inborn arrogance and I will say this as a person who comes from an immigrant community and has felt that way at times and it's like no girl no like you got to take a step back and the alternative to like I am gonna save you all with my money is not I'm gonna save you all with my superior taste I just don't see it that way I don't know I kind of well I mean Sonia is Sonia is Sonia. I have a soft spot for her yeah. because she loves beauty so much. And I, I know. I can get and on she board just wants everyone else to have beauty. beauty. I mean, she has like a red geranium in her little journalism office that's a mess and her little threadbare suit, but she has this red flower that's just lovely. And that's so all well and cheerful, good, but, but she treats other people like shit. Listen, she does I agree, step all over I agree she does that shit. until until after, until the shit falls apart for her. But I think that she also, once she starts realizing things, it becomes more about, I don't think that she thinks, I don't think she's like delusional enough to think she's going to fix everything for em- every immigrant in the whole world. I think what she thinks is that she can redirect John Manning's efforts to be meaningful and work. And not be yeah. this shit. Because but I'm going to stand by my statement that even after her redemption or whatever, even after her divorce, she still treats people like shit. Like, she's not... Like, who does she do anything for? Who does she treat like shit uh, after her divorce? Her her co-worker... She doesn't have anything to do with Gittle after she gets after she leaves. Gittle is mean to her. Poor Gittle. Well, listen. I feel bad for Gittle. I got thoughts on Gittle. Gittle, Gittle is older... She probably would have enjoyed beauty, but she got the beauty beat out of her. Yeah, exactly, and that's what Sonia doesn't want to see for because all of these people that judge Gittle for that. All of the people, and I understand that, and I'm not saying she's great. I said she was problematic prior to this whole thing, but I will say that she sees these people working for Manning doing trying to beat out all of the beauty and beat out all of the aspirations of people when she goes and these are young people that they're talking to and she doesn't she's thinking like they couldn't beat it out of me and like they couldn't they couldn't put me down so far that I didn't still see that I was worthy of it and I'm gonna not let that happen to these other people and yeah, she, sure I'm just saying Sonya I appreciate that. I appreciate that about Sonia. I really do. I'm just saying that I have a lot of issues with the way that she treats her community as a whole and a lot of specific people in it. Not because, not because I don't think that her heart is in the right place, but mm. because I think she has a particular blindness to other people's lives and contexts mm. that makes her feel superior. And I, I see that in her because I know how easy it is to fall into that trap. Like, when she's judging, uh, when when those people come to her wedding reception and they're trying to be nice and all she is is, like, really embarrassed by them, yes, they are being embarrassing, and she, but she can't see past their, like, gaudy clothing and their bad manners, scare quotes there, enough to understand that they're, like, trying to be kind to her. But she also critiques the same people that Manning brings. Yeah. Like, she fits in no world. She fits in no world anymore. Yeah. I get that very, very much. But I 
also think that she, perhaps because of her youth, lacked compassion for other people. And I'll give you that. I think it changes in the end, though. I think she changes a lot in the end. The naivete subsides. <laughs> it's taken away from her at, at by the end of it. Yeah, I agree. I just don't necessarily know if compassion replaces the naivete. Speaking of the very end, can we talk about Jakey? Yes. Oh. I just feel like we should mention that he comes from Sonia's community, realizes he also wants bigger, better things, and feels deserving of those. Goes to France and learns to, to design and comes back, but he has to change his entire identity and assimilate uh, so that he can be this, like, fancy designer. He's also the creator of the magic gray dress. And kind of questionable, questionably, the person that Sonia ends up with. That's not questionable. I mean, Is they kind of end up together, but then there's a moment. No, I'm because different. there's a moment uh, where she says, Long after Manning had gone, Sonia sat in the same chair. She had no move, or made no move. She uttered no sound. Doubled fists thrust between her knees. She sat there, her head sunk uh, on her breast. No man on earth can ever make me suffer as much as Manning, and uh, but only Hollins understands me as I am. Whom do I really love, Manning or Hollins? Or do I love both? Or do I love neither? Is this the price I must pay because I want beauty, always to be torn on the winds of doubt and uncertainty, never to have rest, never to find peace? Like, she goes with she goes with Hollins, like, she's with Hollins at the end, but it's always this question of, like, does she really love him? Is she settling? Like, she doesn't know. I don't know that she's ever going to be happy because I think she's seen too much to feel like she fits in anywhere. Perhaps. I mean, and we can also argue that we never really know how she ends up because this is just the end of the novel and she's in her 20s. I don't, none, like... Do, yeah. Is that do we want to say we all ended up somewhere in our twenties? Yeah. Because Absolutely I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm I never ended up a damn place, and I'm in my thirties now. So no the twenties are shitty. So yeah. perhaps everybody. perhaps this is like a to be continued thing. Like I like that version. Yeah, like she's not happy yet. She mm-hmm. hasn't figured it out yet. I like. She's that. still growing. That makes me feel better. Yes, I feel better now too. Okay. Speaking of feeling better, how about some final grades? Okay. Chris, you first. Okay. Um, I've debated with myself a lot about this, and I don't want Alice to hate me, and I really was going to give this a C, <laughs> but like a C plus, but I actually think that I'm going to give Salome of the Tenements a B minus, because oh I did not, okay, I'm I did shocked. not enjoy... <laughs> any of the characters in this book and I have a lot of issues with like every single one of them and I kind of rage read most of it but I will say that this book has stuck with me and I have thought about it and talked about it a lot more than I have other books that I have enjoyed more um so because I think the critique of the whole white savior thing and the fact that like politically I am here for it overall I'm gonna give it a B minus I love it I'm thrilled i really thought you were gonna <laughs> fail the fuck out of this thing because you had not very you had a lot of thoughts and they weren't very fun <laughs> so, Unfun thoughts. i heard about it for picking this book <laughs> yeah not not a book that i enjoyed but definitely a book that made me think a lot mm, okay thank you for 
I don't know why I didn't fucking write it, but I feel happy. <laughs> that, I feel like honored for some reason. You're welcome. <laughs> the white savior in me feels very honored oh, no. that someone likes this book. <laughs> Okay. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with me. <laughs> Would you oh, like no. my eggless, butterless, flowerless cake? It feeds six people. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god. Oh, no. oh okay. okay well, Brand. I would I would give it like a B minus or B also because or B. I mean, I don't know. That dark soggy loaf was pretty funny though. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a dark side? <laughs> and there's magic gray dresses. I, okay, yes. Okay, so I All hated right. the My We're... Child stuff. Oh, so bad. But I loved the magic gray dress. I think every person needs, every person needs a magic gray dress in their lives. Snaps And that. I want a magic gray dress, so I feel like it should get somewhere in the B minus to B range. It's like a like a solid eighty four. Okay. Okay. Formal petition to put soggy brown loaf on a t-shirt. <laughs> no, I'm like a mug for coffee. A, a dark soggy loaf. Ew. No, don't put that in a mug. <laughs> don't put it in a mug. I would like, I would like to be known hereby as a dark soggy loaf. That, we, that is not, that is the gender of the day today. Could we put it on the ass of a pair of sweatpants? Oh, I feel like some, yes. I feel like some yes. days you're a dark soggy loaf and some days you're a magic gray dress oh. and you just don't ever know. Oh, look at Ellis <laughs> coming in with the moral. So Ellis, what okay. final grade do you give Solomon of the Tenements? Surprise, surprise. I'm giving it an A. I was going to give it an A minus. I was going to give it an A plus. I went back and forth. I'm going an A, and here's why. I'm talking. A pluses don't exist. But you gave yours an A plus. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> She's all done. A pluses don't exist. You all can't handle them. Okay. Flowers because of the penises. Okay. Okay. So I'm docking at points because Donya Vronsky is. Like, Vronsky is clearly, like, this biased portrayal uh, because of Anzia Yazerska. So, obviously, she presents, like, she, I think, I do think she takes digs at herself, but, you know, how, how we see things is a bit skewed through her eyes. However, there are so many political themes with gender and Im- uh, immigration, race, class, that I feel like it's such an important work, and I'm really excited to talk about it with my students because I think... It has, it's, like, timeless, and there's so much you can, like, delve into that's still relevant. Um, and she's preaching fucking gospel truth, so I feel it, and I love it. Um, and this whole idea that, like, you know, being poor doesn't mean you're not deserving of, like, beauty and, like, joys in life is, like, an argument that I think we need to foreground in our classrooms. I think that's, like, a responsibility that we have um, to foreground, especially in a privileged institution. Um, so, so I'm giving it an A because I think it's important. Uh, but you know, I know the characters aren't like super great or whatever. So there's that. Many thanks to you all for listening and drinking with us today. Hopefully you were drinking along with us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at phdrunkpodcast. You can also go over to our Patreon account page, www.patreon.com slash phdrunkpodcast and buy us a drink so we can keep drowning our hashtag existential despair. Thank you, as always, to Anchor for helping us make this podcast a thing, even though (laughs) I am technologically challenged. And that's it for us, gentles. Books down. Bottoms Bottoms up. up.
can't choose an empty glass, bitches. It's bad luck. My Irish. Can't <laughs>